Good evening, everybody. It's Jen here. Um, this evening, I am going to tackle this Will Smith slap heard around the world from the Oscars last night. I'm also going to write a blog post about it, I think, just because I think there's so much to talk about. And I think as a writer, <clears throat> it's really important to get it right um, because there's just so much going on with this situation. So I'm going to attempt to do that later on, but I wanted to say a few things about it on audio. Um, I was watching it last night with my brother and I was only half watching because we were having a side conversation and I just noticed that the screen kind of went into this weird thing where it was like repeating itself and then I don't know, it cut out and then it cut back in and it was kind of doing something weird and I couldn't figure out what was happening. And then it came back into Will Smith, who was, it was now muted, but Will Smith was <clears throat> clearly yelling at um, Chris Rock on stage. And he said, keep my wife's name out your effing mouth. And he yelled it twice. And I didn't know at the time exactly what he was saying. I just could tell he was cussing. Um, so I'm like, whoa, something just happened. I don't know what just happened. Because um, I totally missed the slap um, because I was talking to my brother. But, yeah, it was pretty shocking considering it's the biggest night in Hollywood of the year on a massive stage in front of live TV. And this assault happens. And let's be clear. It's an assault. Um, and my first reaction when I saw what actually happened was definitely, you know, condemning Will Smith for his actions because I am a firm believer that no violence is, is good. Violence is never the answer. Hitting someone is never the answer. Um, so... I said as much in a Facebook post and then <clears throat> started thinking about what actually transpired, um, looking at Chris Rock's role in it. And then I um, went on to Instagram and there's a many black women that I follow, respected scholars and public figures who do a lot of work in racial studies and in race relations. And um, so one of them just, you know, made a comment. Please don't comment on if you're white. Please don't comment. There's too much going on here. Um, step back. Take a look at the whole scenario. And I knew that there was going to be a lot to unpack because, I mean, just looking at the history of the Oscars and, you know, the hashtag from the last few years, Oscars so white and already the struggles with um, blacks breaking that ceiling within that that institution and getting recognized for their work is is a struggle in itself. Um, and then just the things leading up to the incident. So I want to unpack all that as much as I can. I'm not going to be the most eloquent. I'm not even probably the most, I mean, I'm definitely not the most qualified person to do it. Um, but I do know enough to speak 
a little bit to it <clears throat> and to really just give my listeners and my peers and my friends a little bit more to think about than just the black and white situation that tends to be narrated around this issue. So first of all, no, what Will Smith did was not right. Absolutely not. Um, There are way better ways to handle that. Um, That being said, um, I want to talk about Chris Rock for a minute. I really feel like comedians have a tendency to, they have an opportunity. Um, There's a lot of room in comedy to be really funny and effective and comment on culture and comment on what's happening in the world without perpetuating the verbal violence against people's bodies. So this issue around bodies, it's a, it's a very deeply ingrained historical issue for black people. They were enslaved for hundreds of years in this country. Okay. 200 plus years. They were enslaved 250 plus years. Um, they did not own their own bodies. They were owned by white people. The concept of the black body has deeply rooted connotations that have serious effects on the black psyche, on white supremacy and the white psyche. And without going deeply into that, it's important to understand that to denigrate a woman's a black woman's body is violence given our history. So it's just not a place you want to go in comedy. On top of that, um, women's hair, black women's hair is also um, historically been something that is policed, been something that is denigrated, been something that is considered ugly because it's nappy, because um, it's not like white women's hair. It is, has been throughout history comparatively less than. And so black women grow up in a, dom- a white-dominated society feeling ugly and feeling unworthy and wanting to have hair like white women. Um, and, and again, I can't stress enough that it's also policed. So you go into a school, for example, and there are some schools who will not let them braid their hair or have have braids or dreadlocks or, you know, whatever the different ways that, you know, blacks keep their hair groomed so that they're not constantly having to manage it. Um, So they put it in, in hairstyles where they don't have to manage it every day because it can be unruly and it can be a lot of work to manage. So the fact that it's policed is another issue. Um, Not even getting into the policing of black bodies in general with, um, you know, police brutality and the issues we have surrounding that. So for Chris Rock, who should know better, to make a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith's hair, 
just in general is already to me a no-no and just seems honestly like lazy comedy. Like there's got to be something more funny than picking that out of everything he could have said. It really is to me lazy comedy. Um, And he's just going low. Let's just be real. But on top of that, Jada Pinkett Smith has a health condition, an autoimmune disease called apropecia, which causes your hair to fall out. So there's already another layer there that denigrates her being and that she's likely insecure about being in Hollywood where around the most beautiful women and don't get me wrong she is one of the most beautiful women alive even with a bald head Um, if anyone can pull it off she can but that's not the point the point is it's a deep insecurity for women I can't tell you how many times when I chopped my hair that I had men come up to me and tell me that they liked my long hair better unwarranted, unsolicited. And, you know, even if that's true, why do you need to tell me that as my hair is like chopped short? I mean, it's just, to me, something that doesn't need to be said in that moment. It can be kept to yourself. Um, I, I can't tell you how many men have said that to me. So, I mean, hair and, and to be fully honest, I was very insecure about it. I was very insecure having short hair. I went through a little bit of a depression over it after I did it. Um, because my identity, my identity is very tied to my long hair because I've always had long hair. So it was something I'm glad I did. It liberated me in a way, but it was, it was an experience definitely that was hard for me to get through because our beauty is tied to our long hair. That's just a thing in our culture. And um, women should have long hair. So, and I just want to say a side note. I had all my, almost all my female friends were so supportive and gave me compliments. And whether they were being nice or being truthful, it doesn't really matter. They were very supportive. Back to Jada Pinkett Smith. So, I, I just want to comment that Comedians, I've said this, I've said this a number of times, you can be funny without being insulting. And I find this so often at award shows, it's cringy how low they go sometimes on those shows making fun of celebrities. I mean, it's, I get it. It's like, You know, they make so much money and they're in the glamorous life and they're there on a award show of all things um, that somehow they're free game, I guess, to be insulted. But I just think it's in bad taste. I think that comedians can be way funnier than targeting certain aspects of, of a celebrity. And part of that is their looks and, you know, even their past history. Sometimes it gets really uncomfortable, some of the way ways that comedians roast them or their choices, or whatever. Um, you know, like, Amy Schumer said something about Leonardo DiCaprio dating, you know, that's, it's been done, that joke's been done a lot, him dating young women, um, who are, like, half his age, but, I mean, that is, like, nothing new, and honestly, age doesn't really matter, so if that's who he wants to date, let him date it, like, I don't, 
it's just not that interesting or funny to me, really. I mean, it's not obviously as offensive as I feel what Chris Rock said about Jada Pinkett Smith, but I just think it's lazy comedy. It's not funny because it's overdone and who cares? Um, men date younger women all the time. Women date younger men. I've dated younger men. Um, some great men who are younger. So it is what it is. Anyway, moving on, um, back to the apropecia of Jada. Um, again, you know, we can go back to the violence of, of black women in health, health scenarios as well. You know, um, more black women die in childbirth because they're not listened to and they're not given the care that white women are given. Um, so you could tie this back to our healthcare system and the violence of black women with regards to that. Um, and just in general, black bodies being unsafe in society because they're targets. So I just feel like if I haven't driven this point home enough, Chris Rock's joke to her was vastly inappropriate, borderline violent and lazy comedy and should not have been said. So moving on to um, Will. Um, When Chris Rock said the joke, Will Smith actually laughed at it. And I think part of that, you know, you never really know what was going on in his mind with that reaction. He could have genuinely thought it was funny until he saw Jada Pinkett Smith's reaction and then determined that she was hurt and he was going to do something about it. Or he could have just been laughing because um, having read his book, his autobiography that he just came out with not that long ago, like last year, late last year, um, maybe even in January, I can't remember exactly, but he used comedy and being funny and laughter to defuse situations as a child. That's what he did. So his natural reaction is going to be to laugh. So who knows if he actually felt the hurt, but his initial reaction was to laugh. I'm sure it was a little bit of both. Genuine laughter and maybe, maybe not. Maybe it was uncomfortable laughter just to smooth over the situation. But um, I think it's even more important to recognize if you've read his autobiography, which I have, that he mentions very first thing in his book about how he witnessed his father abusing his mother, physically abusing her, and how inadequate he felt in his lack of ability to protect her from his father. This is a trauma that's deep inside as a childhood wound that he has never overcome and he's tried to overcompensate for in his career, which is why he's so over the top and always striving to win and always trying to take care of his family in any way he knows how, which is by providing. So knowing that about him, you can have a little bit of empathy and compassion towards his predicament. He also talked about in his book how he'd spent so much of his career trying to please everybody, fans, his wife, his kids, um, you know, anyone in the movie industry. He just wanted to win and he wanted to do a good job and he wanted to be accepted and loved and be able to provide for his family. 
that was his goal. So he did things. He put up with criticisms. He put up with inappropriate um, comments. He put up with a lot of stuff throughout his career that most humans probably wouldn't put up with in terms of even verbal abuse or being taken advantage of or whatever. Now, having said that, you know, I think he's at a place in his life where he's not going to do it anymore. He's going to protect his family. He's going to stand up for his family. Um, and then to top it off, he played the role of King Richard Williams, um, Serena and Venus's father in, in the movie that, with which he won the Oscar uh, called King Richard. And um, he was a fiercely protective father. Um, so, you know, he's got, he's in that headspace. So there's just a lot going on in this man's head when this incident happens. And I think when he saw the hurt that Jada had on her face, he went into protection mode and he was like, nope, I'm not putting up with this anymore. I'm doing something about this. And let's not forget that there has, if you go out, you can actually see there's been a history of inappropriate Chris Rock jokes towards Jada in the past. So this isn't a one-time thing. Um, they've endured jokes from him as targets before. So there was a little bit of history there as well. Um, so I think he went into male protective mode and he was going to defend his wife's honor. And whether you agree with that as being chivalrous um, or not, there's an, that's an, the next kind of thing I want to talk about. Um, whether you think it's chivalrous or not, um, again, I don't think violence is ever the answer. But to me, when a man feels he needs to use violence um, to solve an issue like that, to me, it's toxic. To me, it is 100% toxic masculinity um, when men feel they need to use violence to show their manhood. Um, I do think in that moment, he felt the pressure of defending his wife and all of the trauma from his childhood up inside him. Um, but in the end, uh, with all that said, I think the end conclusion is going to be his male fragility was his manhood was being challenged in that moment in, on live TV and he wasn't having it. So what did he do? He overcompensated and he showed his manhood and he popped Chris Rock in the face with his hand. So there's a lot that could be said about toxic masculinity, um, which maybe someday I'll talk about on a podcast, um, but that's its own podcast. He didn't handle it well, bottom line. But I think the point here truly is before we make judgments on either side, I think it's really important to see everything, the layers of complexity that are, that are at play here, um, not only historically and culturally and gender-wise and, you know, 
patriarchal issues and toxic masculinity issues and white supremacist issues, all that underlying, like, for lack of a better term, you know, pathology that is going on that's underlying this incident. And yes, it's all there. You can't get away from it. It's deeply ingrained in us. But even with all that going on, there was a lot going on, you know, stuff that we, are, we don't even understand necessarily, stuff within Jada and Will's marriage. We don't know too much about the history of them with Chris Rock. We know that he's told jo- jokes that Jada was the target of in the past. Um, there's just so much going on in that scenario that before passing judgment on anybody, I think it's important that we remember that everything has nuance and that tends to get lost when things get blown up in the media um, and people start looking at issues as black and white and they take sides because it's natural for us to take sides. It's why we're so politically divided because we're so tribal and thinking and we're so quick to make snap judgments and to think in very black and white terms instead of really digging into the gray areas of what's actually occurring in front of us in the moment and the emotions that are involved and the history and the trauma. And if you've been through traumatic experiences, you understand that PTSD can make you snap and make bad judgments in a second, in a split second. Um, And I do think that that was at play in that highly intense pressurized moment. Um, But there's just so much to think about that I think many people don't understand at a deep enough level. I personally have done a lot of reading and studying and academic work around racial issues. It's, It's been an interest of mine throughout my academic career, as well as my personal, just my personal interest. I've just read a lot about systemic racism in our country, cultural effects of racism, um, pathological effects, familial effects, political effects, um, because it's deeply ingrained in every single part of our lives. And it's, it's a thread in our history that runs from the, the founding of this country. And everything is affected by it. Everything is affected by the slave, the, the establishment of slavery in this country. And so much of our political manipulation and political party splits and divisive issues does revolve around the issue of race. And when you study it and when you take the time to understand how we got from point A to point B and that, that, that racial thread that, that runs through every part of our history, you begin to see the clearer picture and understand it better. And I think, you know, that takes me into all these arguments about critical race theory and why it's so important to teach race, race issues in school from even from as early as kindergarten. It doesn't mean you're teaching them about, you know, slavery in kindergarten, but just teaching them about identity and the differences between people and how, you know, none of that, you know, making it a positive thing, 
how none of that matters. And I mean, there's always going to be age appropriateness to everything, but without get going off onto a tangent there, I, I think it's important to not make snap judgments in any situation that we find ourselves in or that we find ourselves observing. Hold off until you get different perspectives, in particular from the parties involved. Um, I'm not saying you have to go out and read every book on race relations or systemic racism or whatever, but, uh, you know, be curious. Read a book. I could give you some recommendations. You know, try to learn a little bit about what's actually at play. Um, Something we didn't even talk about is, you know, some other ways that black people's appearances are policed. You know, men wearing hoodies is another example of how black people are policed and how they're criticized. And like white people wear hoodies, but they don't get the same stereotypical targeting that black people do when wearing the same exact thing. So there's just a lot. There's so much um, historically that absolutely 100% played a role in this incident. And I think the important thing to take away from this as a white person is that we are as responsible for it. Obviously, we're not responsible for Will Smith's actions. He chose to make those actions. He has to do the work to understand why that was wrong and, and how he could have reacted differently. And I have no doubt he will. I have no doubt he'll self-reflect on it, just given the nature of of um, how he thinks, having read his book, having re- viewed some of his videos and such. But on a deeper, more societal level, we do need to be introspective about how we created that scenario on a wider scale through our policing of black bodies, through our inability to recognize their plight even today and their discrimination and the way they're still being targeted and stereotyped and discriminated against. That is our responsibility to understand it and to try to change it. Um, I don't know that it will ever be 100% solved. I am, it's a very complex issue, but we have to keep trying. We have to always be fighting for a better society for our children. We just have to. That's, that's why we're here. That's why we're on earth. We're here to make it a better place than, to leave it a better place than we, when we came in. So... That was a lot. <laughs> um, hopefully you followed me. Um, I was a little all over the place. That's why I like to write because I can put it all in nice, neat, little organized um, essay type pieces. But when I talk, it's just going to come out how it's going to come out. So um, hopefully it's given you something to think about. If you have any desire to get recommendations for books to read. I've read a lot of books on this stuff um, that I could recommend. Um, I would even loan them out. So just let me know. But hopefully that gives you some food for thought. And um, 
maybe even motivates you to learn a little bit more on the issue. Hope you all have a great night and I'll talk to you tomorrow.